Welcome back! It's episode 5 of the Lost Joystick Network. I am your host, Mike, here with my life partner in crime. That's... Is that fair? Is that a good way to describe it? It's fine. It's fine? Yeah, You're okay fine. with that? Yeah, okay. it's fine. You might get extra health benefits out of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is Jerry? <clears throat> Jerry, say hello. Hello. That's good. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, when I'm ready for you to speak, I will point at you. I want you to look at me at all times. Do not look at the paper. Look up here. Up here. What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> you got lucky because I was pointing at you. <laughs> hey. Yep. And uh, I am Jerry. We... Uh, yeah, we're here. We're back. Week five. I mean, I wouldn't call it week five. Episode five is probably more yeah, fair. <laughs> that's, that's better. That's better. We had to take yeah. a couple weeks off. Some things came up. Yep, personal absolutely. life. But uh, we've, we've implemented some procedures to avoid that in the future. So, yep, yep. But all that being said, so, Jerry, how's your last month been? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, not, uh, not super eventful. We're just... Uh, kind of uh pulling into fall here i guess in uh, in michigan but uh yeah pretty pretty good how about you we are pulling into fall aren't we yeah yeah i've noticed uh lots of lots of uh, ladies donning the han solo look yes yes um preponderance of cider in the grocery stores yes uh, my it's my... always there but you don't have to look for it right now that's right it's up front and center um my wife is tolerant of my uh, horror movie watching, and uh, yeah, all signs point to October. So well, I agree. It is. It is getting to be nice out. This is my favorite time of year. So yeah, same here. Uh, with it being uh, Halloween, yes, Halloween month, Ooh. as we all start to celebrate this as October first hits. Right? Yeah, we all get into that mood of. Well, you know, we're ready to celebrate the independence of our country. Yes. And then we... The Halloween spirit, not yeah. to be confused with spirit Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Um, do you ever watch uh, Trevor Wallace? Uh, no. He's a comedian who does like uh, viral videos on Facebook. Okay. And he's done one like what it's like to be named Kyle and gotcha. those kinds of things. Or guys who drink White Claw. Okay. And they're all very good. Okay. They're very like quick hit, like jumping back and forth. But you know, guy who never moved from his hometown. Okay, you know, I was a, I was on varsity as a sophomore. Yeah, you know that yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But he just did one about applying for a job at Spirit Halloween. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> and it was no, it was quite good. You <laughs> should not one of my favorite ones he's ever done, but it's good. Okay, but yes, uh, it's, it is time for the Spirit Halloween spirit. <laughs> so, um, but no, I've had a good uh, good couple of weeks. Um, you know, life has been busy. It has not precluded me from being able to pick up games. Yeah. So I've been doing some of that. I'm kind of going back and, and looking. I, I made myself a little list because I'm a nerd. That's probably a good idea, too, just in terms of keeping up on stuff. Sometimes it's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I got, like, last episode, I got Ninja Gaiden 3. Like, that yeah. was the big one. Sure. And sometimes I'm like, I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, like, I, I picked up a number of things from a local store that they had been kind of holding on to me or... For me, <laughs> not holding on to me yet. Yeah. But if I keep buying this much, they might. I don't yeah, know. We'll see. Um, but some of the highlights of the things I bought were, I got, let's see, I got Suikoden Five okay. on PS2, which okay. is a very difficult to find uh, PS2 game, uh, mm-hmm. role playing game, and yeah. uh, I got the I got the strategy guide to go with it. I got a lot of optical media type stuff, so like platforms like Xbox. Or PS2, mm-hmm. or I, I don't even know. I'd have to like go back and look here. 
uh, I got some 3DO stuff. Like, I picked up Primal Rage on 3DO. Okay. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the more fun things I got was uh, Stubbs the Zombie. Oh. Which is like an FPS zombie game on Xbox. Okay. And definitely a cool game, a hard-to-find game. One of the more expensive Xbox, like original Xbox games. Yeah. It had a soundtrack. Ooh. Uh, which I have not purchased yet, but is very cheap on Discog. So I'm going to buy one for like five <laughs> bucks because I'm like, those things are hilarious because it's either like they're worth nothing or they're yeah, hundreds, hundreds of, dollars. of dollars. And of course, yeah. I'm like, well, Stubbs the zombie, that's going to be the expensive one. And I go yeah. back and look, I'm like, five bucks? I don't even know why I didn't buy it. I think I was sitting in, I was in the middle of something and I noticed it. I, I don't even know, but whatever. Not here sure, here. sure. So um, I got things like that. I got a, a boxed copy of Metroid Zero Mission for Game Boy Advance. I'm not a big Game Boy guy, okay. but boxed games are always fun. And then I I am a Frankensteiner when it comes to completing games. Yes. So I will be yeah. happy to buy a loose box or a loose game and then go find the pieces. Like, yeah. I, I like doing that. Yeah. You and actually got a decent number of boxes the last time we updated, I think. A few times ago, yeah. yeah. But yes, I yeah. did. And I the funny thing about that is... Whenever I buy NES boxes, usually I have the game. Sure. sure <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, eh, if I want to get another copy, and I do from time to time. Like one of the boxes yeah. I got was North and South. Uh-huh. And I had a copy of North and South, but I ran into another one. So I'm like, eh, let me get it. It's a nice sure. copy. It goes in a nice box. Perfect. <laughs> um, that's just my thing that I do because I like to waste money. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things I had come across was an empty case for Lord of Thunder for Sega CD. Okay. Which is a very difficult and expensive Sega CD game. It is not the most... But it's probably top five price. Like if I'm gonna, you know, what, I'm gonna pull up price charting right now, and I'm Riveting. gonna pull up yes content. I, this is live radio, everybody. <laughs> that's been pre-recorded, edited, and posted many days post recording. So yes, live, live, but not uh, but not live. So yes, let me pull up our our Sega CD, and I'm gonna sort by price, and it's. It's up there. Let's see. Price, high to low. That's the loose price. Oh, darn it. Let's see here. Riveting. Yeah, it's top 10. I mean, it's like 1, yeah. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, like 8th or ninth most expensive uh, complete in box game. So on I want getting on the a system that had over 40 games. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Virtual Boy and Sega CD both mm-hmm. were just stunners. Yes. So, yeah, but no, uh, it uh, it's a good game. It's a good shooter. I like it, and I want to come across the box. And I found an auction, and I did a little auction sniping. Ooh. So I did a little auction sniping. The auction was ending at 8 a.m. Um, Eastern here mm-hmm. in the Eastern Time Zone mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to get up then. Mm-hmm. So I'll set up an auction snipe, and I think I set like the game loose sells for like hundred and fifty dollars, like right. just the CD. But I, you know, I, I paid very little for the for the case, and I'm like, if I can get a good deal on the disc, you know, put the yeah. whole thing together and have a nice uh, a nice complete thing, and I got it for like I think eighty bucks. Yeah, and then I had ten dollars in eBay uh bucks, bucks. Yeah. so yeah. it cost me 70 dollars yeah. which is less than half i was like yeah let's do it That's so i wound up getting a yeah. much lower than my what my final bid could have been mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's kind of it. no advancement on the nes stuff although i have kind of i've kind of i've been trying to source it all locally and i've come to terms with the fact that what i want now is probably not going to happen sure so i'm going to start pecking away at it you're going to have to, right? Yeah. So I, I've been watching an auction for Cliffhanger. 
Okay. I don't want to go like buy it now because all the buy it now is I think it's just a bunch of people up there like, oh, look at this thing I got. Like they're not really interested in selling it. They just put it up for some exorbitant price. Some more, I don't buy it. <laughs> no, they sure. won't. Okay, sure. they're not going to. People know what the value of these things are. They're not going to do it. Yeah. So Cliffhanger like, based on the Sylvester Stallone movie? Uh, Yes. Yeah. And also I, any murder mystery movie ever made. Okay. But yes, specifically, he's on the cover holding a cliff. Yeah, hanging, Just, well, if you I will. Think, I think on the uh, the movie box, it's the same photo. Yeah. And the Sega CD box. Yeah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Which I went to. Side note, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. I went to a game show, like a, a vintage game show, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And there was a guy selling a copy of Cliffhanger for Sega CD, and he didn't have a price Ooh, on it. And I'm yeah. like, how much is this? Because I don't have it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's like. 50 bucks and i was like this is like a 10 dollar game complete all right i'll see you later yeah you know like and yeah. then that's the only reason i really remember that it was on that system because i saw it that day thinking what right. a horrible game this must be of i'll course. buy it for 10 dollars, but not for 50 wow which wow. yeah so but anyway that's i've i've targeted an auction and i'm going to try and do it by auction because a lot of this stuff people just want to put up as buy it now and hope some moron will pay the dollars Sure, and they're hardly ever reasonable. Um, so what I'm gonna, what you can do is kind of like it's the opposite of what it used to be, where auctions used to be the things that went nuts, and now they're yeah. the things that seem to go closer or less than market value, kind of like Lords of Thunder. Yeah, right. I, I got I've it. Noticed that with my collectibles yep. as well. It's not even just in the game world. It's just in um, general, people yeah. don't pay attention. They just want to get it and get That's out. It's kind of where you're yep. finding your bargains a lot of times. So, now. so I'm yeah. hoping I can pull that off. But my plan is to kind of do that. And uh, just start monitoring, like, maybe one auction every couple of weeks of sure. games that I'm looking for. Just start knocking them out. Because I just can't, you know, I'm not yeah. going to find them. At this point, right. I mean, it's the likelihood of running into any of these 16 cartridges that I need is very, very slim. Yeah. Um, I do have a bunch of stuff for trade, though. So I'm thinking about, like, posting it for sale. Like, I've got some nice duplicate stuff I want to get rid of, whatever. So neither here nor there. I bought a lot of crap and uh, no NES game. So still at 661. The quest continues. <laughs> so what are we talking about? We are talking about the game Resident Evil for the PlayStation 1. It is a survival horror game. I never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is part of our spooky game series because um, it involves uh, zombies or zombies. It involves a lot. Yeah. As I've done recently. Now, I played this game 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay, hard to even say that Same. out loud. Same, yeah. And I played it again recently. Yep. And... Survival horror is a very good way to put it. Yeah. So, and you know, we'll get into all that, but I'm going to give you the Wikipedia synopsis of Resident Evil. Riveting. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about Resident Evil One for the PlayStation One. We will deviate a bit from that, especially around the collecting and where you can play it. But in general, this is the PS One version, the original PS One version of it, not the director's cut, not the director's cut Dual Shop. You'll find out there's also a lot. Yeah, of, of those variations two. and so such. The, the base Wikipedia synopsis. A series of bizarre murders have occurred at the outskirts of Raccoon City with signs of cannibalism on the victim's remains. The Raccoon Police Department's Special Tactics and Rescue Services, STARS, mm-hmm. are assigned to investigate the murders. STARS is divided into two teams, Alpha and Bravo. Bravo team is sent first, but after contact with them is lost, Alpha team is sent in to investigate their disappearance. What do you see wrong with that? Um, Look at it critically and give me one thing that you can glean from that that seems out of, uh, out of line. I give up. You tell me. I'm Why would you place. send Bravo team 
first. Hey, there's a bunch <laughs> of weird murders. People are getting eaten possibly by people. Good Let's point. send in the B team. Good point. Why are you yeah. sending in the B team? And then what happens? You know what happens? You have to send the A team too. You, to find yeah. the B team because mm-hmm. you know why? They got wasted by yeah. these who knows what's at this yeah. point. You got to send the A Just team. Murdoch. That's right. Uh, a group of men yeah. driving a van. <laughs> I can't remember how it goes, but you know uh, yeah. what the van looks yeah. like. Mr. T. That's right. Face. B.A. Baracus. That's Mr. T's name. That's, there we go. That's yeah. right, fool. Yeah. Okay, so in this game, there are four main characters, and you can play as two of them. Yep. All right? So the four main characters of the game as that are like you interact with or play mm-hmm. as are mm-hmm. Barry Burton. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, all four of them are from the Alpha team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, because the the Bravo team, the B team, possibly been devoured. Yeah. <laughs> Not even possibly. Some of them have. You know yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So Barry Burton, mm-hmm. Stars Weapon Specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chris Redfield, one of the two playable characters, Stars Alpha Team. Jill Valentine, another one of the playable characters, Stars Alpha Team. And Albert Wesker, the captain of Stars. Stars again being the special tactics and rescue services. Do you suppose any little kid was ever like, I wanted to be Barry Burton? (laughs) (laughs) Albert Wesker, you're my hero. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and one of the things I think this game was most famous for was it's, I always love the term full motion video because this isn't all video full motion. You're right. Like many people have said that. This is not a new insight. It's a bit used up, but it does make me laugh every time I'm like, when I say something like FMV intro, I think it helps people to define the difference between something that's been animated and people actually doing things. Sure. Sometimes how yeah. I perceive that. Sure. So the FMV intro is they cut to the raccoon forest in July of 1998. Mm-hmm. And these people are like, I, I found out it was filmed in Japan, in Japan by American actors. Okay. And the acting is... Horrific. Like the voiceover work is bad enough, but the acting is like this. I got it in here is this uh, Joseph, no, don't go. Yeah. Like the tone, the way that they do it, it's obviously like, okay, do it again. Okay, do it again. Okay, do it again. And the guy just keeps like, you know, up and at them. Yes, exactly. Up and yeah. at them. Yeah. Up and at them. Up and at them. Up and yeah. at them. Funny enough, Better. this would this would lead to a series of movies that were also poorly acted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Six of them, I found out, by the way. Dear Lord. Um, but what happens is Alpha Team shows up during this uh, during this intro and finds that the Bravo Team has been attacked by murderous dogs. Mm. That's hate right. It. Hate it when that happens. Yep. And basically, you see Joseph, one of the B Team guys. Mm-hmm. Get you don't see it, but I guess in the Japanese version, and what I found out is also in the PC version, there's an unedited version of the FMV intro oh. where you see the dude get eaten and there's beheaded corpses around him. It's a little bit more graphic. Yeah. We always get the scrubbed down, more difficult I versions know. of everything. Yeah, terrible. It's, like, it's hard to be over here, especially right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but anyway, and then my final note about the FMV intro is Brad Vickers is a dickhead. Oh, yeah. Okay, Brad yeah. Vickers is the IT guy, according to the pamphlet here, the book. And also the helicopter pilot. The reason that she says no, don't go, or whoever says no, don't go, I forget to think it's the guy, is because this dickhead flies off. He's in a helicopter. Yeah. And they go to get, get out. He's like, see ya. Where are you going? Why are you leaving? He's out of there. Dude, yeah. you're in the helicopter. Yeah. You know us. Yeah. Like, we're not dogs. He's out. <sighs> Man. 
what an asshole. He's going home <laughs> I, to rest comfortably. I, it's so funny because I know we talk about the angry video game nerd, and, and we, we will continue to do so because he says some funny stuff. I know a lot of people will get annoyed by him, but one of the things he says is he, he, does, a par- he does this game, right? He does a, a video of the game. And he does a parody of that where he inserts himself into the FMV intro. Okay. And they say, no, don't go. And he just looks up like with everybody else and he goes, wow, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. exactly how I felt 25 years ago. I'm like, where's this guy going? Of course, yeah. All right. So he's they had abandoning to. abandoning you. If it makes you feel yeah. better. No, yeah. he's abandoning you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now I can rest. I've explained it. Okay. <laughs> so they head to this mansion for safety. It's the only place around, right? They, they go to this mansion. Bad news. Yeah. So they go to this mansion and they walk in and they're like, what is this place? And blah, 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 blah. You know, and like they're all very confused about a mansion. It's like there's really nothing strange there. It's just a big house. Just a big maniac mansion. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's a bit more gruesome than that. What would you call it? Yeah. I'm not putting a hamster in the microwave or anything. (laughs) But there's a lot of ill shit going on around here. Yeah, there is. So what you find out is throughout you throughout play of the game is that there's some weird shit going on yeah okay so eventually like you come in and and chris and whoever take off barry i get mm-hmm. no not yeah not barry with the other guy wesker yeah. chris and wesker go one way and you and barry pair up the other way that's kind of how it works out because i played as jill okay you can play as jill or you can play as chris and they mm-hmm. do you remember, i always pick jill because i think she could get the shotgun and I was like, sure. let's get Jill. Like, I just yeah. like. I'm going to want that shotgun. Yeah, I'm going to need the shotgun. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly why, but there was a good reason for it back in the day, and I'm pretty sure that was one of the reasons. There's another, there's a different story in how it all goes and who yeah. you partner yep. up with. I remember that. Yep. So, like, basically, you go in and uh, you go off to this big room. You go down, it looks like a big dining room, right? Mm-hmm. And then you find this, like, body or something. Like, who, who's this? Like, mm-hmm. well, I hope it's not whoever. I don't remember who the person that they're worried that was dead. So he's like, why don't you go look around, and I'll stay here and check this out. <laughs> so then you go out this door, which is right by where this is happening, go around the corner, and then you get your first, like, zombie interaction. Right. And it scared the fuck out of me back in the day. Yeah, I think it did us, too. Like, I uh, pretty distinctly remember playing this game for the first time with my dad, actually. Um, during the PS1 era, that was, like, the last system that we would, like, play things on kind of together. Yep. And I uh, remember, you know, the night we got this, and yeah, that first zombie interaction. Absolutely it was creepy, scaring the crap out of both of us. Because it cuts back to this like little animated cutscene, like yeah. right, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yep. And then it gets up and it starts coming at you. Like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't yep. have a gun. I don't even know yeah. at this point. Yep. So you run back to Barry, right? Yeah. This is this is, this is the the Jill line of the story. We're gonna be talking exclusively about the Jill line of the story because I don't think I've even ever played the Chris line of the story. I don't think I've ever played <laughs> it. Sheesh. I'm dedicated to the Jill line. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm all Jill all the time. Yeah. Um, Barry smokes the thing. Now, I thought the funniest part was the zombie opens the door. The door <laughs> is closed. Mm-hmm. And the zombie's like, mm-hmm. you know, the, no problem. What's going on in here? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd she go? <laughs> Maybe she'd be interested in some essential oils or extending her car's warranty or something. Like Maybe she just likes to talk. Yeah, like... <laughs> Zombies like to talk, mm-hmm. but I was it's I thought I always thought it was weird that he opened the door. Like yeah. what do you Yeah. Really? Jill, do you like coffee? <laughs> yeah. Do you Yeah. Do you like <laughs> toast too? <laughs> yes, as do I. Mm-hmm. Um So anyway, they smoke this thing. 
they're like, maybe this is who killed that, you know, or whatever. Like, well, yeah. duh, it was just feasting on a human being in the other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, she says something about Lines how it was, up. it was this guy that it was, he killed so-and-so. I don't remember, whatever. So then they walk back out to, like, the main room, like the big entryway of the of the mansion. There's a big sta- staircase that divides in two ways going up. There's rooms on either side. Mm-hmm. And Barry says, this mansion is gigantic, so yeah. let's split up. <laughs> you yeah. and I who've never been here before, just encountered some weird yeah. undead being that was trying to get us. Yeah. We found dead bodies everywhere. We'll split up. I've got to say, though, uh, in, in keeping in line with uh, where they came from, that is horror movie logic. No, it's classic horror movie logic. Yeah. Let's because, split up. Yep. <laughs> Certainly we'll, nothing bad could happen if we do that. We'll be able to find more safe things <laughs> if we split up. There'll be two of us. It's twice as many. Yeah. Simple math. Yeah. He also says... If something happens, let's meet up in this hall. That is about as... I'll meet you when that guy's eating a hamburger. Exactly. What, I, what guy? Yeah. Like, what are you... Yeah. When I, something that, bad happens to me or something bad happens to you. But how am I what supposed to know it did? bad? I feel it, like something bad already happened. You <laughs> are the special tactics and rescue service. How do you mm-hmm. not have radios to communicate? Yeah. This is absurd. Yeah. Let's meet up here. When? Yeah. How will I know? So... I, I have to, I have a little anecdote that I have to share here because I can't stop thinking about it. You know these hats, like these stars hats, yeah, that they would wear. Uh, the killer. Yeah. So I remember uh, during the time I would go into GameStop or Funko Land or whatever was the the game store at the time, probably Funko Land. Yeah. And uh, it would the, have been ninety five. Yeah, whatever. yeah. So the the gentleman working there, um, and I use that term very loosely. Uh, was always wearing one of these stars hats. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I remember distinctly going in one time with my friend, uh, Eric, and we're talking to him. And uh, he is talking about how he's so happy uh, that Barry Sanders isn't playing that week because he's Captain Unpredictable. Yes, I remember this story. And uh, Eric and I notice at the same time that he is actually wearing a small length of rope for a belt. Mm. along with this star's hat. He's ragging on your cord, dude. Yeah, he's ragging on your cord, dude. And I will forever associate uh, that hat uh, with just these this zenith level of dorkiness. That's that a I've, terrible story. I have it's not before great story. or since seen. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'd want to meet this guy now. Yeah, well, too bad because he's coming over later. Oh, God. <laughs> you told him we were here? No, to your house. How did you get... Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's fine. I could ignore that. Yeah, yeah. Be rude if you showed up here and didn't answer. I agree. The house, yeah. everybody expects you to answer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit about you know the gameplay and stuff. Like this thing uses what they call tank controls. Yes. And I remember it's one of those <sighs> things you just have to get mentally adjusted to. Yeah. And there's like this adjustment period, and some people are like I can't do it. Right. And it usually takes me like fifteen or twenty minutes. Now. Do I still do the gigantically wide sweeping run where it looks like I will run way out and then yep. I come all the way back? Like a half moon almost? Yep. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yep. Because I just hate a, it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. And I, I have we to should. say, it's like getting used to the controls in this and then trying to play anything else Yeah. is, is just, it's, ugh, it's so annoying to me. I, we should probably clarify that tank controls are like the left and right on the D-pad. It's all... It's all predetermined. Yeah. You want to go left, you press left. You want to go right, you press right. You want to go forward, you press up. You want to go back, you press left or down. 
but it doesn't there's no context to it yeah. so if you walk into a room that you were at when you walked in you were facing let's say up or north yeah. you know for lack of a better term on your screen yeah but then you go into another room where you're facing left yeah it's just disorienting you're like oh oh wait no what you don't know if you're supposed to be pressing up or left it's just very yeah, disorienting exactly yep. and this game used like fixed cameras right mm-hmm. we'll talk about that yep. in a little bit but yep. but it was it was a very like oh well i just walked into this room and now i'm facing in a completely different direction i'm looking at myself that was always the one i thought was most disorienting where i was like oh i just walked into a room and now i have to walk forward right towards me yeah it's just weird mm-hmm. um yeah, and this game, man, who it was, it it was definitely scary. Yeah. I remember the first time that I, and this kind of leads to, we'll talk about it more in the in the personal, you know, experience. But sure, this game is just you should always be cynical of peace. <laughs> you should always be looking at it like, hmm, the other shoe. Yes. When will it drop? Yeah. If, they, Be- if things are quiet, they will not be for long. He, like uh, this is a classic example. You go into this. You go open a door, and then you're in a hallway. Mm-hmm. This is very early in the game. It's one of the first things you do. Yeah. And you go down this hallway, and then all of a sudden, murderous dogs break through the window behind you. Well, and course. then you're like, "Oh God, I have to run back!" <laughs> and you can't like shoot them very well. I don't even know how to use yeah. my gun because the gun you have to aim, then you have to shoot, and you yeah. can't just shoot in one direction. You have to shoot down. Yeah, you oh, really have to get used to. The they gun. scared the hell out of me. Of Those course. dogs the first yeah. time. I remember when I got this game. Well, I'll, I don't want to talk too much about that. I'll skip it. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about it later. Um, but there's a lot of dumb stuff like. Jill goes into this room. She gets the shotgun. She comes out into this entry room where she had originally come in through, and all of a sudden she's locked in, and this, the ceiling starts to come down. Right. And the music starts playing, and it's it's cool music. Like, we'll get into the music part too, but yep. it, the music is very um, fitting. I like it. It's for orchestral. Sure. It, it, um, it influences mood and mm-hmm. perception of, of what's going on, like all that. But yeah. then, like, so you're trapped in there, and the ceiling's coming down. All of a sudden, Barry who was supposed to be on the other side of the mansion, right, is is over there. He Good thing, because you're going to get crushed by the ceiling. Yeah. Okay. And he, like... Immediately sh- makes me suspect of Barry, by the way. Correct. Yeah. Shoots the door open. You come... You know, and he's like, hurry this way. No shit. Mm-hmm. That way? I was going to go back to the other door. I couldn't open and just wait here and get pulverized. What the... F- and then and then Jill calls him out. I thought you were going to be on the other side of the mansion. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I was... Uh, Looking at something. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, like yeah. the most dismissive way of, uh-huh. you know, uh, which university do you work for again? <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, one of the cool parts I liked about this game was the attract mode. So when you leave the game to play, it will like show you scenes. But mm-hmm. one of the things that it does is kind of show you how to interact with things. Like you can learn how to get the map just by watching the intro to the game if you let it play. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You can like you realize you can move stuff by pushing it. You can climb these steps, and there's this thing on top of this statue and all this stuff. And um, and uh, the things that I I did not love about the gameplay here, you know, are things that people generally uh, perceived as negative. Yeah. You have limited on-person storage, so you can only have right. so many things on you. And man. 
I'm I was always like, oh, should I, am I gonna need more bullets or uh, absolutely? Because this is yeah. this is literally survival horror. You do not have to kill everything in this game. Yeah, your your job is to try and survive, kill yeah. the things you must kill to continue the story. Yeah. But a lot of the times, it makes more sense not to because these zombies are bullet sponges. You'll get fifteen or twenty bullets, and you'll use seven on one zombie. Yeah, and I, I have to say, coming from like the Wolfenstein Doom uh, type like way of thinking. That was definitely an adjustment, too. Oh, yeah. Where it was like, I, I want to kill everything. And yep. you can't really do that. If game. you can run from it or wound it and then leave, yeah, do it. that's what you need to Unless do. Unless you're going to come back to it later. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, you learn yeah. as you play this game, you're like, oh, shit. Now i got to go back there. Uh-oh. Yep. So, anyway, uh, storage rooms, which I don't love either. So, if you had your extra stuff, you could put them in, like, a storage chest. And then if you wanted it, you have to go back to the chest, get the thing that you wanted, leave right. the thing you don't or whatever. Yep. And then it used ink ribbons. I hated ink ribbons. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I was going to run out. Always. Yeah. I was yeah. always. But then it, you get to the end of the game and be like, oh, I wasn't going to run out. Right. But I just hate, you had to have an ink ribbon to save. You had to find a typewriter. Yeah. Then you had to have an ink ribbon. Just having the typewriter wasn't enough. I guess all mm-hmm. the ink dried up during all the experimenting. <laughs> and then each character has four different endings. And I kind of outlined them both. So Chris and Jill each have what they consider the best, second best, second worst, and worst ending. So, spoiler alert, this is how the game ends in all four ways. <laughs> Jerry, you ready for this? You want to hear it? Uh, sure. You want, me to, you want me to do this part? Go for it. All right. So, the best ending has Chris and Jill escaping the mansion alongside a third STARS member. That could be either Rebecca or Barry, depending on who is the player character, um, after defeating the tyrant and destroying the mansion. The second best ending has the player character, Chris or Jill, Escaping with his or her partner, either Rebecca or Barry, depending on who you're playing as, after defeating the tyrant and destroying the mansion. The second worst ending has Jill and Chris escaping as the only two survivors, and worst is a relative term, especially if you don't like Barry or, you know. Yeah, whatever. I mean, listen. Yeah. <laughs> it's depending not the who, worst. Depending on who you would want to survive. I picked the other person. I, You know what I mean? Like, I picked yeah. Jill. Chris, thanks, buddy, but... Man, yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course. Get good. <laughs> With the mansion still intact and the tyrant set loose on the forest. Uh, lastly, the worst ending has the player character as the sole survivor with the mansion still intact and the tyrant set loose in the forest. Which just seems like it's an ending that's good enough. <laughs> that's how I always feel. Well, it is. And, and you got away uh, yeah, for now. For By now. the way, the house is still there. Everything that's going on in the house is still there. And the tyrant, which we should say is like this big biological experiment right, with these giant right, shreddy right, hands right. and stuff. Yeah. That dude's loose in the forest. Yeah. That's scarier I, than the Blair Witch. Yeah. I don't think that that's a good ending just because it's like, right. okay, well, you got away for a while that's what i mean like, yeah he, he might catch up to you in 15 minutes before you see another human being like yeah, yeah. he's he's obviously faster than you and more uh-huh. powerful uh-huh. you could not kill him uh-huh you got away right. for now for now yeah. the michael myers of resident evil is still <laughs> lurking the woods mm-hmm. all right so that's a little bit about the story yeah there's a lot more to it and i will say that one of the things i will talk about with this game is it is in depth there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and I, I think as we advance systems and things like that, too, I mean, the, the depth that is uh, possible on a PlayStation 1 game 
you know, is, is just not possible in a lot of the games we no. talk about. Agreed. So. And that's kind of what they got at here. So we'll talk a little bit about the background and development, nothing too in-depth. But, yeah. um, the, you know, the, the Resident Evil series in Japan is called Biohazard. Mm-hmm. They did not call it Biohazard in the U.S. because there were a number of Biohazard games, and mm-hmm. they wanted something they could trademark. Of course. And that could be able to trademark Biohazard. Yep. You can print it free and put it on a can, stuff three cans in a tree. Yeah. Evan Seinfeld from Biohazard, the band, mm-hmm. had a problem with it here, so... Right? Who? <laughs> Actually, my, my buddy Dom is friends with those guys. They're yeah. all from New York, right? Yeah, they're so New Yorkers. Yeah, I was kidding. I should, yeah, yeah. If, if, if he's listening, Evan, I, I was kidding, man. I know who you are. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Tell Dom I said hi. All right. So it was created by Shinji Mikami and Tokuro Fujiwara. Mm-hmm. The game was originally influenced by a Japanese horror RPG for the NES called Sweet Home. I'm glad that you explained what that was, uh, not Alabama. No, it's not Alabama or Kid Rock or that bullshit. Um, but Sweet Home was actually a pretty fun little RPG that uh, you know you could play on the NES. It was a it was a survival horror horror-y kind of game. Sure, it's what this whole thing was predicated on. Sure, it was to your point limited. Yeah, right. But but that's what. And then the, this game was actually originally conceived as a Super Nintendo game or SNES. Whichever. Man, I would be really fascinated to see that. What what that Well, I have been. good news for you. Yeah. <laughs> because one of the things you'll learn later is this game was ported to the Game Boy Advance, oh. which is basically yeah. a pocket SNES. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. However yeah. you want to look at yeah. it. So, yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit. Interesting. So you'll okay. get a good... You'll get a good... Well, I'll show you what it looked like, but... Okay. Um, anyway. And uh, Fujiwara said he entrusted Mikami, who... Quote, hated being scared and also, quote, understood what's frightening. So he was basically like taking him out of his comfort zone and saying, I know you don't like this, and that's the part we need. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. I think that's smart. You're like, yeah. okay, if I get this it. If scares you, we know it's going to scare other yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. You'd rather be working on another Mega Man game. Yeah. <laughs> Not as scary. Fun enemies. <laughs> yes. Not ravenous, murderous dogs and yeah. scary, gigantic man. snakes. Yeah, Fan Man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Woodman. Woodman's the guy today. Yeah. He's a piece of wood. Look at him. He's hilarious. Yeah. He throws leaves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Mikami worked on it for six months by himself, coming up with concepts, characters. Wow. Wrote 40 pages of a script. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oof. I also, under, uh, as I understand it, the mansion backdrops were inspired by the Outlook Hotel. The Overlook Hotel. The Overlook Hotel. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, don't listen yeah. to me. No, that's uh, that's interesting to me because... I have seen The Shining times, and random times. I wasn't that your trailing off. I would never picked up on that. I definitely wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. I, when you say it now, I could I could see it. Yeah, like exactly. the open spaces and all that sure. stuff. And yep. I think they're just talking about mostly that main room. But yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense now. Yeah. but I wouldn't have picked up on it. It was initially conceived as a psychological horror game, sure. like Sweet Home, or like but that's very popular in Japan. Like that is the yeah, more Japanese horror type style. Right. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna fuck with your head. Yep. They later decided to go in the more Americanized George Romero. S yeah, direction, direction, right? Yep, so yep. the the deads and all that stuff yep, and all. Of course. Um, and I also learned that the cinematic fixed view camera, which you talked about before, was influenced by a game called Alone in the Dark, which I had played many years ago. Um, same kind of concept. It was a PC game, and they put it out on PS One and all that stuff too. But and and that if it wasn't for Alone in the Dark, Resident Evil would have been an FPS or a first person shooter. Thank God. I don't like games like this as a. I I don't want that. I like the over the shoulder view. It's like. Metroid. Hmm. Don't give me first-person shooter Metroid. Give me side-scrolling Metroid. 
first-person shooter Resident Evil, which they had. Yeah. I, people don't like them. They don't right. want that. Right. I don't know why I'm talking like this so much. I keep going up with my <laughs> voice. Like, I'm upset about it. You seem kind of upset. I don't know. I don't I understand it. <laughs> anyway. There was also no motion capture for this. It was all animated. Basically, they said yeah. the animators, like, watched people and learned how to do it instead of, like, just doing, like, uh, learn how to animate them like real people as opposed to... Because you have to remember, before this, it was Super Nintendo. They were developing on 16-bit platforms. So you were not going right. to have any rendered or modeled or pre, pre-rendered stuff or anything like that. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, just draw the sprite. Yeah. It wasn't like that anymore. Um, I thought this was interesting. They were worried about a horror game succeeding. Capcom did not expect it to be successful. And although... all Boy, that were they dis- wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get to how wrong they were. <laughs> Uh, Fujiwara was, quote, confident that horror games could become a genre in themselves, unquote. You get the, you were right. They're dead on. Yep. Um, I, also, they one of the things I realized is the auto-aiming that is in the Japanese Biohazard, like the original Biohazard version of the game, was removed. So oh, you have to, okay. like, which, you know, they were making this game harder on purpose. They auto, the auto-aiming was removed, and they limited the number of ink ribbons you could get because they wanted to, they did not want people renting and beating this game. They wanted people buying it and keeping it and not being done in a couple of hours. Of course. Yep. All right. Tell me a little bit. Uh, so this is, it's going to start getting muddy. Yeah. Okay. Because we're going to talk about the release of this game. Now, I'll actually, I'll, I'll do this. I'm sorry. There's a lot of weird stuff going Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. This game was originally released in North America on September 30th, 1994. I don't have the Japanese date, but I don't think there was a big disparity, honestly. Okay. They were pretty and close at that, at that point. It yeah. says that there was a PC version, which I now have. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I picked that up in a PC lot. I should have talked about that earlier. Uh, I'm waiting to get it in my hands. It's still in, uh, still in Grand Valley State, but I'll have it soon. A friend of mine's picked it up for me. i got to mm-hmm. get it. So, But that came out allegedly in 93. I don't know about that. That doesn't yeah. seem right to me. Somebody Sad. said that. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Sounds off. Yeah. So, this is where it starts to get muddy. There's a director's cut of the game that came out in September of 97, which I always perceived as stalling, yeah. because people were waiting for Resident Evil 2, and they included the demo for RE2, like an unfinished demo. Of course. Yeah. But they wouldn't change the game. They're like, okay, director's cut means we're going to take all the vital shit, you know where it is, where all the enemies, and we're going to move them all. Yeah. That's Basically not a director's like a, cut. It's like a second quest. A director's cut is yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Director's yeah. cut be like, well, we forgot to add this part. There was this part I really wanted to do. We didn't yeah. want to. We couldn't uh, flesh it out. Well, director's cut typically, when you uh, are watching, you know, like a movie, which this is typically used as uh, the, the phrase "director's cut" is usually used pertaining to that, means that there is additional footage, not that they cut stuff and moved it and around. Just moved it around. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and it had a completely different artwork to it. It was yep. the same kind of artwork. Like, it was the same uh, original cover art of... Uh, what, what I found out was Richard Aiken is yeah. on the cover. Richard is one of the um, Bravo team yeah. <laughs> guys. He gets killed by Yawn, which yeah. is a gigantic snake in the game, which is yeah. terrifying. And I am just um, finding out now that the cover art was done by Bill Sinkowitz, which yeah. I'm interested in talking about a little bit because Bill Sinkowitz is uh, well-known to me. Yeah. Um, he was the artist on Moon Knight. Uh, a comic that I actually really loved in the 90s mm-hmm. um, and kind of uh, made Moon Knight come into his own uh, many years before, uh, what's his name, uh, St- Stephen Platt would take over that character um, and kind of uh, rework him from Bill Sinkowitz's virgin, uh, version. He was also uh, an artist on The New Mutants, uh, yep. which was a, another uh, Marvel title that I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Yep. It was uh, sort of in the X-Men uh, universe of, of yep. uh, teams. 
um, but they were uh, similar to X Factor at like an early age. But I'm a, I'm a huge Bill Sinkowitz fan. I actually did not realize that uh, he had done the cover art there. Very yeah. cool. And he, I love the cover art to this game. It's so cool. It like, And there's a huge disparity between the U.S. version and the mm-hmm. Japanese version. Japanese version is like this eyeball. It says biohazards, black, and whatever. This one is, it looks like Army of Darkness cover almost. Yeah. You've yep. got this guy with some, like, bastardized shotgun M60. I don't even know what it is. Yep. And he's got, like, these two spiders that look like they're coming at him. There's these eyes of the zombies all over him. He has this terrified look on his face. He's got, yeah. he's got shit all over his face. But it's this great, it's this great B-movie horror film art Mm -hmm. and i thought it was i was already excited about this game when it came out like this is one of those games and i'll get into my personal experiences but i was very much looking forward to it and i thought the like i thought the cover art was awesome i still do it's one of my favorites like even harrison you know amy's son was like i wish i could get like a poster of just that cover Right. I'm like, yeah, because it's cool. You know, it's just really yeah. neat. The dude has well, this great, he does a great job of conveying the confused terror of the guy. They hired a real artist. Yeah. Yep. To, to do the cover. That's what that's, happens. That's the thing. If, if you hire somebody that this is what they are, <laughs> they professionally, professionally do, do yes. and have done it for a long time, um, you're going to get a piece of art that actually conveys feelings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, very much on that, but. Uh, well, some good things about the director's cut of the PS1 game is that it included random headshot kills of zombies. Yes. So that was wonderful. I did uh-huh. like that. And mm-hmm. it also included the original game. So if you wanted to play the original game, you could. Yeah. And for people that were just picking it up then, it was kind of like an all-in-one. Yep. You had both. Which was nice. Yep. Yeah. It was two discs. Or, I think there's a three disc and a two disc yeah. version. Whatever. Or say your, your disc had been de- destroyed by your PlayStation, which did happen sometimes back in those days. Your bootleg backup of it. <laughs> you could uh, you could replace it. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Here you go. You can get the new director cut. Yep. yep. I don't want the director. You don't want the director cut because the old one's one that's hard to find now. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why they all got it up. Yeah, of course. Then there was the director's cut DualShock. Okay. So sounds good in theory because now you can use analog controls. You're getting vibrations. Yeah, which for this game you would think would be great. You would think that. I didn't but like it's it. It's not. Yeah. I like using the direct. It makes it easier to use a directional pad because you can be sure of which direction you're pointing. Sure. Analog pads great. Yeah, I get it has helps. its benefits. Yeah. But I would never use it anyway. Right. And one of the things that came along with the DualShock version was this new soundtrack, and we'll talk about that now. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you. We'll get to it now. We're getting to the music part. We're going to go to the music part. Music was originally, of the original game was composed by Makado Tomozawa, Akira Kaida, and Kochi Hiroki, uh, and also Masami Ueda, I believe, or Ueda. I felt like in that original game, it was very well done. Like the sound and the music was very well done. Mm-hmm. It portrayed the mood of what was going on. Yeah. If it was high tension, it, you know, like slow, brooding, building up. If it was like you're downstairs in the basement of the mansion or something, you know, urgent is happening, it conveyed that, right? Sometimes yeah. it, you get high anxiety because you're like, oh, my God, the music's fast. Something's going on. You just knew based on you walk into a room, you're like, oh, shit. What's going to happen? I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm, right. I'm going to hope I saved my ink ribbons, you know, yep. or I already used them. Um, so then they redid the soundtrack. I don't know why. That's almost never a good idea. Yeah. They redid the soundtrack <laughs> and was composed by a person named Mamoru. Sum- Sumaragosh, or it was, I believe, Sumaragoshi, or whatever it used to be. But. Okay. And this is all allegedly, because apparently this dude had a ghostwriter. Oh. This dude was deaf oh. and had a ghostwriter for like 15 years. Wow. Who wrote this, 
and it is it is not good. There's I'll, what I'll do is I'll include in the notes. There's a great website that kind of compares the two soundtracks and like some important moments. Okay. And you can it's just weird. Like I wrote here, it's synthy and weird and choppy, and it doesn't help. Like the mansion basement is a very good example of why it's poor. Like you go from this like perfectly orchestral music that like perfectly represents the mood of what's happening mm-hmm. to this weird like somebody's you know farting on a snare drum it sounds like almost it's <laughs> yeah that's exciting i ain't farting on no snare drum so but anyway so that's a little bit about that okay so let's uh, get we into we want to move on to the reception of the game yeah i think that's a well let me look at my notes no that, <laughs> yes. that's a great idea reception okay what right. how many best how many best sellings of this game was there if i was to take a crazy wild guess i would say that it is the 17th best PS1 uh, game of all time. Is that correct? 17th best selling? Correct. I didn't just read this here in our notes. Yeah, I feel like I you did. I, I did. feel like you did. Obviously. Um, yeah, so that, that thing that we were talking about earlier with Capcom worrying that it wouldn't be successful, they were super, super wrong. Uh, and even more so than the, uh, the 17th best selling uh, PS1 game of all time, that whole thing. How many did um, it sell? Uh, just over 5 million copies. Uh, the original release sold uh, 2.75 million copies. The director's cut sold 2.33 million copies. Mm-hmm. 5 million copies of a game that's running, you know, 50 bucks on average. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, then, <laughs> the thing is, it also led to the franchise. Yes. Which, uh, there, there may be even better games down the road. Um, over 12 million games sold on the PlayStation 1 between Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3. Um, the franchise has now sold over 100 million, 103 million ga- uh, games sold. The best-selling Capcom franchise of all time. Yes. Of all time. Better than Mega Man. Yeah. Better than... Stri- way Street- better than Mega Man, by yeah. the way. Not close. Street Fighter and Mega Man combined isn't even as much as... That's the, crazy. If I'm not mistaken, if I looked at the numbers, That's and I crazy. don't have them in front of me, you can, yeah. you can attest. Yeah. I believe Mega Man has sold 36 million copies of games worldwide, and... There are no What's sh- the other one? What's up? Street Fighter. Yeah. Street Fighter was like 64 million. Yeah. Now and they were o- selling arcades, so that was tough. But And know. only one combined terrible movie between those two, right? Mega Man and Street Fighter? <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't know how many weird Mega Man movies are out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could yeah. be called Rock Band, which is who knows what that is. <laughs> Commercially released. Okay, um, touche. Then, then we get to, uh, on the lists, uh, the Game Informer. Ah, uh, yes, our favorite. Yes, our Game Informer Top 100 list in 2001. Uh, not ranked. Uh, a little surprising to me there, honestly. I was. Uh, this is one of those games that everybody says they love, but then I go back and look, and I'm like, "Did you?" Right. They yeah. did make a lot of these lists. Okay, spoiler alert. Which we can't say about every game we've played. Yeah. But uh, I do think that they could have been. It could have been a little higher, just because of sure. legacy sure. more than anything. Sure. And then uh, the Game Informer Top 200 list in 2009, still staying true to that Top 100 before it ranked, uh, yeah. ranked 106. I thought the same thing. I was like, so just guess, outside the 100. So I guess it fell out of that Top 100. We'll uh, make a bigger list so we can include Resident Evil and yeah. Pokemon Silver. I don't know. Yeah, sure. And Resident Evil 3. <laughs> no, that's not either. <laughs> then uh, IGN uh, Top 100 Video Games of All Time list 2018. It was ranked number 43. That seems a little... Uh, more realistic yeah. just in terms of like the legacy of the game maybe my perception is somewhere in there yeah if you asked me to rate it 
He'd probably be in the top 25 to 40. Yep. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Castlevania Shadow of the Night. Sin- Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night. I have that. I should know that. Yeah. Um, also on the PS1. Uh, that was the highest that ranked on that list. Number 12, yes. which is very respectable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially on a 2018 list. <laughs> the funniest thing about these lists to me is I just think that a lot of people can't, especially the newer ones, like, you deal with the legacy, but PS1, like, what I realized as I went through a lot of these lists is there's not a lot of representation for the PS1. Yeah. Because it was literally like this um, transitive period of video games where you were going from sprite-based yeah. to polygonal, you know, 3D, this, that. So a lot of those games, if you go play them now, they don't look great. Okay? Sure. And I yeah. can see why. And that's what I think is funny is Castlevania was like, we're not doing that. We're going to stick with, you know, Konami said with Symphony of the Night, we're going to stick with... Pixel art, side scrolling, blah blah blah, and it's mm-hmm. it's a classic. Yep. But but in general, there just aren't a lot of PS One games in those lists. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a lot of great games on the system. So, yep. sorry. Uh, Earthbound and Diablo Two, uh, both still on that list. They bracketed uh, that, yeah, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, number forty two and number forty four. So. Just want to give some perspective yeah. around where to, they to, land. to where they had it. Yeah, because those are two great games too. Yep. You know, I mean, Diablo yep. was great out the gate. Earthbound didn't do <laughs> until much later, but yep. Yep. You can skip that part here, by the way. Yeah, sorry. I can do that. You can read um, the, just read the... On the time top 50 games of all time. No, no, no. Sorry. What did you say? I meant this. We did want this. I thought I cut that out there. So <coughs> I, IGN did another list a year later, and it was the same number. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's, all right, so we'll cut. And yeah. IGN did the same list a year later in 2019, and it was still at number 43. So um, the time top 50 games of all time... That that's a that's a tough list to crack. Top fifty, <laughs> top fifty of all time, and it's Time Magazine, so you assume there's going to be some uh, Super Mario World will be on there. Sure, sure. Uh, Resident Evil Four did come in at forty six, which is incredible. You know, it's great that one of the games from the series did make the list. Yeah. Um, the Polygon list, uh, the best five hundred games of all time from uh, two thousand seventeen, uh, it ranked number one thirty eight, which I love. If uh, if you're a horror fan. I thought it misfits. was misfits. Yeah, I also I when yeah. I when I typed that I thought to myself that was not an accident. I don't think it was. I, I, <laughs> that there, was not an accident. There are too many nerds involved in this, uh, you know, in this, agree uh, more. yeah thing to uh, to think that that could possibly have been an accident. Uh, Resident Evil Four did come in on that list at four at uh, thirty six, which is a great ranking, and the number one overall game on that list was Tetris. Okay, so I'm going to say this real quick. I think people remember that Resident Evil 4 is good, but have not played it recently. Like, Resident Evil 4 was a, a good game. This but is a PS2 generation? This was or? a GameCube exclusive that wound up on everything. Okay. Okay, hmm. but it was exclusive to the GameCube. It was part of the Capcom 6 or whatever it was, the game. Okay. They had to, you know, they were going to have these exclusives on GameCube only, and they were driving it, which was interesting because... You know, Nintendo was perceived as a child's toy, right? And they had the Mario's and stuff. And Resident Evil being exclusive to that was a good reason for me to get one. Is what yeah, happened. Sure. And I like Resident Evil Four. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just think it's like one of the like the first Resident Evil gets a lot of flack over time, and the old the Resident Evil Four gets a lot of praise. praise and I yeah. almost think that they should flip a little, but huh. that's fine. Okay. All right. What what did uh what Jeff Kurtzman think of this game? He liked it. Uh, he g- what? <laughs> he gave it an eight point two. That's a whole one higher than Zelda. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was a fantastic, greatest a game minus. I ever played. Yeah. Eleven out of fourteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, he. 
8.2 out of 10 would not bang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I well, thought it was funny that it said 8.2 great. That's a B minus. Yeah, right. Out of 10? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Maybe it's greatest scale scheme. Yeah, maybe it is out of 9. He's a tough professor. Maybe it's out of 8.5. I don't know. Maybe it's out of 8.2. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe he's, you know, he doesn't like to give a lot of A's. He's one yeah. of those guys. He's one of those guys. You got to yeah. earn it. You got to earn it. Yeah. You're going to get an A from me. You're going to earn it. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into the personal experience in Legacy. We talked, we've touched on both a little, and then uh-huh. we're going to burn through collecting, where to play it, speed running, and then mm-hmm. we'll wrap up. Yeah. So. I you want me to take this part? Uh, well, tell tell me a little bit about your personal experience with this game, Mike. This I, game. I want to hear about it. I will say this in general. Mm-hmm. I like horror stuff, but I like more the psychological horror stuff, like the Romero zombie. It has its blood and guts to it. Okay, I like that stuff better than say the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind those things. But to me, this was like the perfect thing at the perfect time. There had never been a game like this that I could remember. Sure. I was very excited about the idea of playing this, what I perceived, and I was 25 at the time, right? Mm-hmm. When I, 24? No. When did it come out? 90, 94? 94, yeah. I was 19. Yeah. So I was like... I'll start of the right age to really yeah. enjoy this. Well, I was like almost 20 years old when this game came out, and I was ready. I was excited about this game. I remember reading about this game, reading reviews about this game, seeing pictures and being like, oh my God, Uh this is Capcom. It's going to be good. Uh And it it was. I remember it it blew my socks off, man. Uh I was, and I hadn't even put on socks. Like I was like, (laughs) I would put on socks so you could blow them off. It it was was just this cool game that had some cinematics. It was cheesy, but they all are. Okay. Yep. Yep. But it, it was just this fun, cool, scary game that legitimately had me like on edge. Like you would go and open a door, and I'll never forget. Like the first time I really played this, I had moved to Davison, living in an apartment, and oh my god, it was like I'm playing it in the dark, like an idiot, and that like you open the door, and everything goes quiet. All mm-hmm. you hear. Is the door opening, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is unsettling." It was very unsettling. Then I go around the corner. There's a zombie. There's these dogs chasing after me. People are getting killed. This one guy is showing up and disappearing. I I loved this game. Yeah. And you know, going back and playing it now, I can see why it had its flaws. And I can understand why people did not enjoy it. Sure. It's difficult to control. It sure. is esoteric. There are things in weird places. Solving puzzles is not linear in any way. Like, oh, you better go get these herbs and mix them together and then take those herbs over to this thing behind this plant that you're not sure how to get behind it. So you got to do... There's a lot of really weird ways to do so. These are the kind of games that I do not feel guilty about just sitting down with like a guide or a game fact and going, okay, what's next? Yeah. You what do I well. do next? Yeah. Because I don't know where I'm going. Mm-mm. You know, I'll, I'll try and find something that's like, oh, you need, to, you need to play this. You need to find this sheet of music in this one room, bring it to the other room, put right. it on the piano, play the tune, take the tune. Like, what? How, do I, how am I supposed to know to do this? Yeah, and I have to say um, that is one of the reasons why I actually do not like this game. Yeah. And we, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I love horror. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love horror. I love zombie movies. I love the Romero uh, you know, movies. I love Dead Alive. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love horror. And I would love more horror video games that I actually enjoyed playing. Um, and uh, as we were talking about this whole time, this was a huge step forward just in terms of the narrative storytelling, 
um, the amount they were able to sort of like put into this game, just the depth of it and everything. Um, I should love this game. And if I'm being honest, I just don't. Um, I've always wanted a horror video game that looked like Day of the Dead or yeah. The Thing or, you know, one of those things. And somehow this looks like a Resident Evil movie would look years later to me. Um, I can't say that any of that is unfair. Yeah. It, it, and it's not it's not their fault because it's it's not their job to just shamelessly rip off George Romero. Like, that's that's not their job. But, uh, you know... Have have something taking place in a graveyard to start. I, I don't I don't know. Like there, mansions were all the rage. I was told mansions. <laughs> yes, I know. We did I a just, study. There were demographics. Uh, like it, yeah. it was all mansions. I just I thought I thought that was such an odd thing, and I just I just have never enjoyed this game. The controls killed me. I was younger when this game came out. Um, I was twelve-ish when this game came out when I first played it, and I did find the controls very difficult at the time. But I have played it since then, and. It's just it's just not my cup of tea. There there are other uh, zombie games that I, I like a little bit more. Um, it's not to say this is like a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we've played some really bad games. This, yeah, this is not that. No, it, it's not. It's just, yeah, I agree. I just don't like it. And that's fair. I don't think that's an unfair criticism at all. I could see like I I do remember back in the day having to try to convince people why they should like it. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those games like if I sat down and were adept at playing it mm-hmm. and like what you know, we were just reading a fact together, yeah. you'd probably enjoy watching me play it more than you would playing it yourself. It's entirely possible. And something else I thought was odd is I have friends that wouldn't uh, ever sit down and watch a, a horror movie. Who love playing this game? That was me when I was younger. Yeah, I did not care for that stuff when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it's—I don't even know if it was just like I like comedies, I like light, sure. I like some of that stuff now. Like I said, sure, I like the sure. the zombie movies, some of the horror movies, the Evil Dead stuff. Sure. I love all that stuff sure. now. But then I would have been like, yeah, I don't like any of that, but I love this, and I don't know why. Totally. Yep. So yeah, um, well, it was to be fair, it did create and popularize the entire genre of survival horror. It, yeah, sure did. It even calls it out in the intro mm-hmm. where it talks about you know it's a survival horror game like it's telling yep. you what it is it, yep. it coined the term literally in yep. the game yep. and there are now it says over 25 games in the series i think there's actually more than that i think it's like 40 i, I don't know if that's, that's correct insane. but yeah. the latest being resident evil village or resident evil 8 or 8 village resident evil <laughs> if you look at the logo okay capcom has said it's not resident evil 8 okay but if you look at the logo they take the v-i-l-l and they highlight it in a way so it looks like the number Roman numeral 8. Of course. So it's 8. Yes. It's Resident Evil 8 Village. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that. Don't do that. Yeah. It's like, not 8. But you put like, it in the thing. I was just looking at this. Uh, Phantasm 5 is Ravager. But the V in Ravager is, you know, a big V that's yeah. highlighted with, you know, the, the lines and everything. Looking Why like do you Roman think that is, five. Jer? But when people call it Phantasm 5, they're like, it's called Ravager. Yeah. Okay. Or it's, or it's Phantasm V. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a classic. Like it's not that, even though we put it in there. Yes. Right. So it spawned a, a number of things. It's a very popular series, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This so is, this is a, this is an IP now. It's it beyond, is. Uh, yeah. You sell a hundred million anything. Yeah. I yep. don't care what it is. Exactly. Six live action movies. I've seen none. 
I don't even keep one. it that way. I don't want to see any of them. I saw the first one in the theater. Is that Mila Jovovich? I think it? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, this was like a uh, two fifty. Uh, $2.50 uh, theater. The old town cinema. Yeah, Rob. where where I would go with, you know, like a, whatever, a girlfriend when I was young or whatever. <laughs> yeah, to not watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to sit in a dark room for two hours and not be bothered. Yeah, and probably, I'm, I'm trying to think of when the first movie came out, but, we, you know, we probably both still lived at home at the time. So I would was... guess it around like 98, 99, yeah. if I had guess. I didn't yeah. look that up, yeah. but I don't. I, the game came out in 94. It wasn't that much sooner yeah. after, but... I was not looking for for uh, the highest quality film. It's like the time I went to see Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what Moonstruck is. Who's Cher? I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Yeah. I'm with a girl. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Touch my leg. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there were animated films, which are available. Uh, the net there's a Netflix for the there's a Netflix show in development, which sounds kind of cool. It has two different story arcs with the Jill and Chris, I believe. Cool. Yep. And then there are books and toys. We went to that. Uh, you and I went to that uh, toy shop, and they had a copy. What was the dude? Was it Chris? No, it was. Uh, who's the star for something as Johnny Resident Evil? Yeah, Johnny Ari. <laughs> but they had a they had a, a boxed toy of the main protagonist of Resident Evil 4, who yep. I can't remember his name right now, and it was $75. Wow. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't yeah. really collect toys anyway, but whatever. There's a bunch of that kind of stuff out there. No surprise. <laughs> but for this one, I won't make an exception. Yeah, this, yeah exactly. This one, I also agree. Uh, one of the things I wrote down here is you can never let your guard down and that there are jump scares. Yep. That happens... I don't want to say all the time with the jump scares, but it does happen. But another thing is you are always worried about interacting with something that will set off some chain of events. So like I talked about with the shotgun, you go in this room. Anytime it seems so simple, Mm -hmm. it is never simple. (laughs) Oh, there's a shotgun on the wall? Well, I'll just take it then. Cool. The little arms lift up and you're like, I don't think anything about that. It was on a shelf. Of course. Then you go into the next room and the ceiling is trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's just that classic... You just know that, like, if I do X, something's going to come out of it. Of course. Something bad. So, yeah, the series sold over 100 million events. Like I said, it is the that's most. That's good. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. But it has uh, potassium benzoate. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> uh, no, he goes, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit about our personal experiences. I do like the game. I played it recently. Uh Again, without without a map and or guide, I don't remember once I get past a specific point what to do next. It doesn't exactly guide you. But I did walk down the weird hallway with all the pictures, and I did shoot the snake and find dead dude from the cover, Chris, I think, whatever his name is. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm here now. So, all right, let's get into the collecting aspect. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn through this because there's a lot to it. Okay. Yeah. There are a number of different versions of this game, as we've already talked Oof. about. Yeah. So you've got... We'll, we'll start with the, the PS1 long box. So when PS1 games first came out, they came in tall jewel cases, right? Big plastic yeah. jewel cases. Yep. Just then, like CDs came in at one point. Yeah, yeah. but then they then they moved into... No, a little bit... Like the big plastic, like big oh, Saturn yeah. style. Similar to the Saturn yes. case. I gotcha, I gotcha. So, and yeah. then, then they had their own... They, had, they revamped the long box like three times. So the next version of that was it was a cardboard plastic mashup, right? And that's what Resident Evil came in originally as a long right. It was not the all-plastic case. It was that version. Right. Loose version of that game, um, 
And there's a jewel case version with the same cover. It has that art we talked about. Right. The Bill, the Bill art. Or what, Bill Sip, Sipowitz. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Not Sipowitz. Sipowitz did it. Sankovic. Yeah. Um, but those, both of those games lose about 25 bucks. You okay. want to just get the game. You want a loose version of the game. If you're going to be a horrible collector and lo- collect loose <laughs> optical media, you can get $25 that. is you what it will cost. You can get that. You. Yeah. The jewel case version of it, 75 bucks. Okay. I know because it just sold one. <laughs> I had two. There you go. I Frankensteined it together, by the way. Nice. The long box, it varies, okay? The long box can go for over 100 I I paid less than 50 bucks for mine about a year and a half ago, but they've gone up substantially recently. And I would say if you're looking for a long box version of this game in good condition, you're going to pay over 100 bucks. Sealed, I couldn't find any sealed, okay? But I did find one that had been graded by WADA that was a CIB. A 7.0 sold for $575 a long box. It starts to make me think, like, is my long box in 7.0 shape? That's not that great a shape. It's not that bad, but it's not that great. And that's kind of where mine's at. I could pull a 7. I could, yeah. uh, look, I have a 7 all day. Yeah. The jewel case version, like I said, $25 loose, just like the uh, PS1 long box version. Complete, 75 Sealed, couldn't find one. Okay. The director's cut, that's a weird one because there's a single disc director's cut. And that one I couldn't really find a whole lot on. I think that one's a difficult one to find. I just couldn't find a whole lot of data on it. It's a different disc. It says director's cut, but it does not say... Um, it, it doesn't say like greatest or anything like that. Then there's the director's cut two disc version, which I just paid 30 bucks complete in box for. Yeah. That loose goes for about $33 complete. It's about 50. I paid less, which is nice. See, yeah. like I couldn't find. Then there's the director's cut dual shock greatest hits version. Okay. That is the cheapest of them all. That is the copy that we have sitting right here. Okay. okay. Which has the. Less desirable weirdo zombie head. Yeah, that's artwork. not a that's not a good cover. The green PlayStation border, which yeah, nobody likes. Nobody wants that. And it says on it supports DualShock. Yeah. Resident Evil Director's Cut DualShock Greatest Hits. A lot of qualifiers. That's a lot. Twelve bucks for the loose disc. Twenty-ish bucks for the the complete sealed one's going to run you about seventy-five bucks. Okay. You know, not bad. So, and then we'll talk a little bit about. So, there's a PC version of this game. There's a Saturn version of the GameCube. The GameCube version is really the the remake, okay? But yeah. it's a great version of the game. I would say if you're going to play a version of this game, the GameCube remake is, is a very good version of it to play. The PC okay. version on Steam is not bad, but if you want to play with like a controller or whatever, GameCube version is very good. looks nice. Updated graphics. It's it's It looks nicer. $12 bucks loose, $20 uh, complete in box, and about, it says $60 to $70 sealed. I think it's higher than that. GameCube games generally come at a premium. Yeah. And this is one of the few that don't because I think they sold so many. It was an exclusive, yeah. you know, and this one wasn't four, but, but this was like a lot of reason that people had a GameCube was to play the remake, to play four, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Saturn version, on the other hand, <laughs> that's, $80 that's loose. That's insane. It, about 200 complete in box. And over $300 seal, I would bet it's even more than that. I have a complete in box version of this that I got for considerably less at one point, And it has this same horrible zombie face logo. Mm-hmm. And it's just not as good of a game. It has this like battle version in the game too, which is kind of yeah. neat. But yeah. it's just not as good of a version of the game. Because the yeah. Saturn was, you know, was capable. Well, Saturn suffered from that in a lot yep. of games. Yeah. 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 The ports were never great. Mm-hmm. The arcade ones were. Right. And then the PC, I don't have a whole lot of data down here. But I can tell you, a complete in box per- version of this game for the PC is over $200. And then the reason I love that thing, and I have one on its way, and I, from a, whatever, I'll, I won't bore you with the details of why, but it has that great art. And it is a mm-hmm. big presentation, plus it is unedited. It is the unedited version. It is the Japanese unedited version of, of the game. So, Okay. Where to play it? Go ahead. A lot of places. PlayStation 1, Saturn, PC, Game Boy Color, GameCube, Wii. There is a remake port for that. 
there is a remake download. Uh, yeah, this is where you could download it. Like if you yeah. didn't know physical media, but if you want to play the remake. Yeah, and you could do that on PS3, PS4, Steam, Xbox 360, Xbox One. You can basically play this game anywhere. It's not that hard to find. Play it on your calculator. You yeah. can play it on your refrigerator. <laughs> play it on your toaster. Yeah. Um, interesting things. This We were talking about... The Game Boy Color, and also it was also released on Game Boy Advance. I did not put that in there, but I will say, the Game Boy Color was an unreleased version of it, mm-hmm. and then they did a Game Boy Advance version of it. And I will tell you, it is a screen for screen remake of the game. Wow! There's no audio; it's all text at the bottom, so you're reading the awesome script, right? Uh, but it was actually—I never played it. I just watched a walkthrough of it on on mm-hmm. YouTube, and I was like. It's not that badly represented. I was really expecting it to be. Now, you're dealing with like flat pixel art. It's not like rendered people or anything. Sure. But it's it's actually you can tell who's who. You know, you it's you the scenes are very well uh, replicated. It, it was surprising. So anyway, interesting stuff about where to play. You can play it basically anywhere. Speed running. I found that there are a lot of categories when you have multiple endings and multiple weapons and all yeah. that junk. There are a lot of categories yeah. that are based on glitches, weapons, character, and ending, never mind the fact that there are also the <laughs> uh, all the different uh, versions of the game. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And in this game, what I thought was funny was everybody plays on the PC. They all play yeah. it on PC for speedrunning. There's no like version of this on speedrun.com for anything but PC. Weird. So I thought okay. it was interesting. The fastest anybody has ever beat it was by a gamer named Clix, C-L-I-X underscore gaming, at 38 minutes and 9 seconds. And that is with Jill, with the bad ending, with no major glitches and no restrictions, because sometimes they'll say you can only use the knife or you can only use sure. this gun. Yeah. So that's that's what that is. Yep. And you know what? That's really about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot more to say about this game. I love this franchise. There are a number of games that I, I don't think it's the best game in this franchise. Sure. But it is the one I played the first and the one that I uh Well, and it's the one that led to everything all. else. Yes. So. And that's not yeah. like sometimes that's great, Legend of Zelda. Other mm-hmm. times it's uh it's Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. oh, there's, not that great there's a two. It's gotta be better than the first one. Yeah. So this is all somewhere in between both of those. Yeah, definitely. Still a good game. I would play it again. I look forward to actually beating it, although I did start to play it. I got about, I don't know, some particular amount of percentage through, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go play Silent Hill instead. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then I beat Silent Hill. Yeah. And like we talked about this, but I would say three years later, a lot of advancement. Silent Hill exists and Konami, you know, created probably because Resident Evil existed was obviously a successful franchise. Well, yeah, this opened the door. Exactly. And it, it probably opened the door not just for games, but uh, in other forms of media. Like yep. this being so successful, you may trace to The Walking Dead. Yep. Um, I mean, there, there are a lot of like, and I'm not even a Walking Dead fan, but you have to you have to think this opened the door for a lot of people because people yes. that are financing these kind of things, they're, they're looking for potential props. Yep. profit that's that's really all they're looking for and uh, you know they're this the is Tom Nook of the... <laughs> yes sure, the... I'll help you with an addition to your house it's gonna cost it's gonna you cost that. you interest and... free loan though yeah <laughs> yeah but but yeah this this opened doors for other people to do projects that they wanted to do and for that alone it should be uh you know it should be lauded I should so. I should also say I didn't go talk about it I didn't write it here but I wrote it down myself they did sell a prototype of this in July. So Capcom, made, there was an official prototype that Capcom had put out. You know, whatever. They didn't put it out. It was developed internally. It sold graded just as a prototype, not as a grade, but just that it was a verified prototype. $4,800 for a good. CDR. That's pretty good. That said Capcom Resident Evil on it. Yeah, I get it. 
hey, test pressings of records. I know, man, but I go, yeah. look, yeah. that is not that difficult. I can, I, I got a computer that thinks it's 1996 right now. Okay? <laughs> this is not a problem. We can whip one of these things up. I'm kidding anyway. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess it's time to wrap it up until uh, next week. Yes. What will we be talking about next week? <laughs> Another survival horror game. <laughs> in, in a sense. <laughs> A unsurvivable, horrific game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll be rounding out uh, this month with uh, NES non-classic Ghosts and Goblins. I'll save my thoughts for the next show. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's yes. Ghosts and Goblins on NES will be next. It's a stinker. Uh, You can find us on social media. Don't go coloring people's opinion of the game. It's a stinker. <laughs> anyway, uh, All right. you can find us on social media at Lost Joystick on Instagram and Twitter or Lost Joystick Network on Facebook and Twitch. And uh, we actually uh, are joining up with some friends of ours uh, and we'll have a little bit to say about that next time we get together. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good I mean, stuff. Network, network. Going to be, our network is going to join a network of networks. How does that work then? Is that like a VLAN? Is it a virtual network? Uh, yeah. Is this physical or logical? Uh, it could be physical. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, you can also email us at info at lostjoysticknetwork.com. Mike has a standing offer. He will send you something free. If only you would email and say... Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. Yeah. That's so, it. Put it in the title or in the body. I don't care. Yep. Email us. I don't know why you guys don't want to do it. Yep. And he'll send you something. Something cool. Pretty cool, anyway. It'll be a game. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. So Could be um, the Resident Evil Director's Cut. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest Hits. Dual Shock <laughs> Edition. Single you're, disc. You're trying to make him send you an email. Don't, could be. Don't, don't say that. It won't yeah. be. Anyway. All right, Mike. So uh, we will uh, we will see you next week. Sounds good. Go out there, have fun, be safe, and be excellent to each other. Twist a cano, drive my brain, twist a cano, I'm alive, baby.